Clear out. Clear Wait, out. Who? Where? What? Wait a minute. Is that? Oh, uh, DC. DC. Oh. Yes. Thank you, Deron Chris Jones. Carter. Doesn't that feel like a? Doesn't that feel like a TV show waiting to happen? Welcome to the latest edition of The Waggle on CFL.ca or on iTunes if you are a proud subscriber. James Sabalski with you alongside, as always, the four-time CFL All-Star, three-time Grey Cup champion. You know, the one you just can't get enough of. At least I can't. Davis Sanchez. Chez? That's that's debatable, James, but uh, it's great to, great to join you again today. You know what's fascinating about this offseason is there's never really been a sense of calm over the last six weeks. Oh. I mean, there was maybe about a week and a half, I think, post-Grey Cup, but really it's been go, 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 go. There's been, there's been significant moves each and every week, whether it's been a trade, uh, personnel decisions, cuts, signings, and we haven't even hit free agency yet, which is still two weeks away. So makes it easy for us. Well, we always, as we always say, thank you, Chris Jones. Thank you, Argonauts. Cavis uh, <laughs> Reed. Cavis has given us some stuff, yeah. But he hasn't been a consistent over the last, you know, year of, you know, you get a guarantee. It's like a... Henry Burris. Henry Burris gave us a lot to talk about over the last... That's true. Hank has been the... You know what I call... We used to call it in the courts. Is if we saw a guy who was a... You know, good old Kitts Beach basketball in the summertime. Right, yeah. If we saw a guy that you, you were good knew, enough to play at Kitts Beach, I could play a little oh, bit. Okay, I could play wow. a little bit. You're... But if you saw a guy who you knew you could get a bucket on in, in money time when you really need to get a basket at game point, because sometimes in the summer at Kitts, if you if you got off the court, you might not get back on yeah. for hours. So it was, we would call that if you need a bucket in clutch time, we would call that a Gary. A Gary. I got a, I got a Gary over here. That's a guarantee. Gary is Gary uh, anybody particular that it's named after? No, just a, it's a guarantee. Oh, a so guaranteed so I, Gary. I got Gary over here. So Gary, ah. In, in CFL terms, Deron Carter, uh, Chris Jones, uh, former Henry Burris, those were all what we call Garys. Garys. Guaranteed. guaranteed. I like it. I yes. like it. There you go. Look and see. This is why Chez is part of the waggle each and every week because he imparts wisdom to you listening, whether you're in your car right now, you're in your office, you're at home, you're on the treadmill, wherever it may be. But let's get down to brass tacks here, Chez, and let's get on to the news of the week in the Canadian Football League. I think the big news coming out of uh, Argo land on the heels of the uh, poorly timed announcement of Jim Barker leaving the organization uh, in the middle of Henry Burris Day, just days later, Scott Milanovic announces, and a lot of people thought, saw this coming from the beginning of the offseason. There had been a lot of speculation. I guess it's surprising that it took him, you know, almost three months to finally make that decision from the time the season ended. But Scott Milanovic is leaving his post as head coach of the Argonauts to become the now quarterback coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the National Football League. He's got an incredible track record working with great quarterbacks and now he's going to be responsible for trying to uh, make Blake Bortles a franchise guy in Jacksonville. And, you know, he's a young guy. They obviously invested a lot with him in the franchise. So there's huge expectations on Scott Milanovic. And we'll see whether or not a move like this, I guess, from Milanovic's standpoint, you saw Mark Tressman. They went outside the box in Chicago a few years ago. He had modest success the first year, and then it went um, completely off the rails his second year in Chicago. 
And I don't know if that necessarily helps or hurts the process for looking at guys or coaches in the Canadian Football League, but Milanovic now becomes that opportunity for other coaches, I suppose, in the NFL. It's probably an infusion, looking for some fresh blood there in Jacksonville and an infusion of a young guy with a different perspective. Scott Scott brings that. There's, I don't think anybody would doubt uh, what he's done with quarterbacks uh, over his tenure as a coach. He's uh, had a ton of success in that category, and it's... I think I think a I think a game for the Jacksonville Jaguars is is a loss for us as CFL fans as uh, as Scott is a guy who who we would say is a young a young coach with some potential and obviously had a difficult situation here in Toronto but uh, you know we we'll see what happens sad to see Scott go but happy for his opportunity in the National Football League. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for Scott Milanovic and you know you're losing a head coach and one of the one of the more respected uh, coaching minds in the Canadian Football League over the last number of years, especially offensively. Yeah. You had him as a coach. Obviously, you were a defensive player, but you obviously were on the same team with Scott. What, what was he like as a coach? A guy that, that you felt confident. I always looked at Scott, and he he exudes confidence. You look yeah. at Scott. He just uh, kind of had that swag, he right? He does. He does. And, and I think that that comes from his preparation, his, uh, his body of work throughout his life in football. Scott's very comfortable with what he's doing, and I think he conveyed that to his guys and so is as a defensive guy you know watching Scott interact with the guys he had a good rapport with the players and I think he brought a confidence to his groups that, that he'll bring to his to his group in Jacksonville well and you look at you look at what he did over the course of his career uh, Anthony Calvillo and I'm sure Anthony Calvillo would have a lot of great things to say uh, Ricky Ray was a perennial all-star during his time in Toronto with Scott Milanovic uh, Zach Caleros Became a better quarterback. (laughs) And then let's not forget another CFL All-Star in Trevor Harris. Now the guy in Ottawa. So you look at the track record and it's been no shortage of guys who've been well paid who have essentially had a little rub with Scott Milanovic. Wow, if you think of it in in those ways, goodness gracious, has Scott ever gotten a lot of guys paid? (laughs) <laughs> that, yeah. Goodness gracious! I don't think Blake Bortles is hurting on paychecks, but uh, if you if you happen to run into a financial uh, bind, there Scott could get him a contract. That's for sure. Listen, he could listen, and you could probably teach him the old fake punt too, because Scott was a, a a punter as well. There you go. His brief rub in the NFL. So what now, though, yes. for the Argos? Yes. So what what does this all mean? Look, Scott's a bright mind. I think I think the time to break away from the Argos, I think, seemed to be inevitable here. I think the timing was up. Uh, you you know, can't hold a guy. You cannot hold a guy like that. He was kind of being held hostage there. Didn't know his future. Yeah. They weren't giving him a commitment. Uh, he didn't know what was going to happen when the new general manager came in. Whether or not Scott wanted to leave or You're not. You're not his guy. No, exactly. And he might, I don't know, I haven't talked to Scott. He may have wanted to stay here. He might have wanted to right the wrongs and, and try to turn football around in Toronto. But you know what? The way this played out, he was not given the opportunity. You cannot, in business, you cannot allow a guy to sit there and not commit to him, especially a guy of talent and a guy other people might want. Uh, he, he had a, you know, two in a, what do they say, one in the, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. And, and this situation, he's given opportunity to go uh, before he was let go. And I think that's, that's what happens. But now, like you say, here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. The Argos now are in a situation, I guess February 1st is the day now that... And people within the CFL could no longer be talked to uh, for jobs within the CFL. That's the cutoff date to talk to anyone within the league about uh, lateral moves or, or, or vertical moves within the league. So now everyone in a, on the list 
within the CFL that's currently employed by a CFL team can no longer be talked to. So you can wipe that slate clean of potential uh, potential people to be in the Argonauts organization. You have to strictly go down south now and look for guys either out of work or who are currently in a, at a U.S. college or in the pros. Yeah, and that slims it down a lot for a team who yep. needs some continuity and some people with some CFL experience. So that's that's a hurdle, a big time hurdle. Yeah. So so now where do you start looking? Because of guys that that have that experience, and that's are you are you finding a rookie head coach here? Are you finding it's it's so many different ways because that door that window of opportunity has now come with with the month with a new month here on the on the, on right. the calendar, right? So. It's what direction do they go at the top of the food chain? But look, to me, it makes more sense, way more sense to go through a protocol and, a, and the chain of command higher from the top down, right? Get the boss in place. Let him get his guy. You're obviously going to be limited with your options in theory unless they've got somebody in mind already. Look, from a GM standpoint, the names that are that are popping up or the guys to kind of run, right. you know, to, to have the keys – you know, we're hearing some speculation that Tom Clemens, uh, former, uh, hey, look, you were talking about a CFL Hall of Famer, guy who spent 12 years as a quarterback in the Canadian Football League, uh, just recently cut ties with the Green Bay Packers, and here's a guy who has worked with Aaron Rodgers, he's worked with Brett Favre, he's got a tremendous record and track record, he's got a Super Bowl ring from his time coaching with the Pack, uh, he's got a law degree as well, so from a business standpoint, or at least from a contractual standpoint, this guy can could handle a lot of different areas, you know, as a sort of manager and a guy with obviously a lot of insight into the league. It's been a number of years since he's had involvement with the Canadian Football League. Right. So I think that could be a little bit of a hindrance. But Tom Clemens is a name. Right. And then also the other name that we're hearing is Chris Rossetti, who's right. currently a scout with the Miami Dolphins, but a guy who's got a reputation of being a real wonder kid right now. Uh, he's only about 25, 26 years of age. He's a former wow. Argos uh, player personnel assistant and another quarterback, another former quarterback at Guelph, eh? Justin Dunk, you know what I'm talking about, you know? Hey, what's with all these Guelph guys uh, turning into the wonder kids around here, you know, surrounding uh, football these days? But, you know, Chris has got a, a, a great record. He's got some experience. You know what? He's relatable to a lot of players. He would have played against a lot of Canadian right. talent. You think right. about the C in the CIS, especially right. in the OUA, just a few years ago. So... I think he'd have a pretty good understanding of talent in the Canadian Football League to evaluate. He's got some front office experience, and it's outside the box, and it probably speaks to more of a modern-day form of analytics and, and analysis with a guy who understands the game, played it at a CIS level, has front office experience. That's a real intriguing one that seems to be getting a whole lot of scuttlebutt around the Canadian Football League circles. Young, yes, but... A guy who might be a little outside the box, but you know what? Youth might be a real asset in this case here for an, for an organization that's looking for a fresh start. Well, that's why, you know, you have Tommy Condell over there now as a, what do they call him, a, a special An assistant, a special yeah. Special assistant like, or an yeah. advisor. And exactly. And, you know, a consigliere, yeah, well, if you were going to the Godfather, there, right? There you go. And in, in this situation, you have a guy who knows the league, who's been around the league for a long time. So you kind of have that guy to go to. You know to find the ins and outs of the CFL, so they're set kind of in 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 that regard where you can bring in, like you say, a guy who is who may who may have a, a lot of NFL experience and knows personnel, knows football, like Rosetti, 
and but still have Tommy there as as someone that he could talk yeah. to about the ins and outs of the league. And I think you know just to jump the other side is I thought Montreal did a great job with with that with high with hiring Mac. You know we talked about that last week. You know bringing him back. He does know. He does have the connections down south. Uh, Catherine Rice, who knows the cap and knows that. And then Capus, who's been around the league for the last, you know, dozen years. And now, so you kind of bring three people together. They all bring a de- different skill, and, and they, they, form, they form what they need, a team. And I think that's kind of – that's the angle the Argos got to go now is not, not just to find, you know, the, one, the wonder kid or, you know, the gym pop or whoever it may be that's going to just do it all, but maybe – Maybe find a couple pieces that complement each other and form a team that that could you know create something moving forward. Well, you you saw it in baseball and the movement kind of going about 10, 12 years ago when the Boston Red Sox brought in Theo Epstein back in the early two thousands, and Theo was still only in his twenties at the time. I mean, who's the best? Who's got the best track record as a baseball executive right now? The guy who ended an eighty year old curse and a hundred year old curse in Boston and with the Cubs respectively. So, you know, it, it it took a young, fresh, innovative mind to kind of change things around for two storied franchises from a baseball standpoint. We're starting How to see the analytics. He oh, yes. he's been phenomenal. And, yes. and you've seen a lot more of that going in Major League Baseball, where Alex Anthopoulos was a relatively young guy when he became general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm sure people question, question those moves, right, James? But you got to sometimes you, you have to take a leap of faith in someone who's young and, and, and has a you know a chance to be something special. Someone to see Because it seems like an old boys club sometimes in the, sure. in the front office. Recycle, but, recycle, it, recycle, yes. recycle. Fresh new blood, I think, is a good thing for the CFL. I think it's good to bring some of these young guys in who are who are potential, maybe stars down south. We let we let them go because we want to keep keep the good old boys club here. And, oh, this guy doesn't have experience. But, look, give one of these young guys a shot. And all of a sudden we have, you know, someone who – Who's a star here and create some, can create something here? So you know why not? All it takes is all it takes is one and someone to, to see something special in one of these young guys. Give them a shot. Exactly, and and you can probably speak to this as both a young guy and as a veteran from a playing standpoint. And and I guess some of that sort of mindset can translate into the boardroom or into the executive office. But veteran guys and experience can feed off a youthful exuberance, right? Sure. And I think there's something to be said about that, where it's. We've all worked with a colleague where, yeah, okay, sometimes the young one can be the knucklehead, but sometimes there's just that sort of approach and thought process that you kind of bring to the table and you kind of smile, you smirk, you nod your head, you might shake your head, but this is something that you look around the Canadian Football League. When was the last time you had a breath of fresh air for a young guy coming in? And I'm not talking players, but look across the league. You know, Wally Buono in, in BC, John Huffnagel, I mean, Ed Hervey, Ed Hervey might, and, and, March, and Kyle Mark, Walters might March, be the young guys. Mark Tressman is about the only one that I could think of really right now who had zero CFL ties, yeah. came in here and, and had a ton of success. He's about the only one that didn't have, have a you know, to be honest, who, who else? Mark Tressman was kind of a guy like, well, wait a minute. Who is this yeah. guy? And, and what does he know about the CFL? Is he going to be effective? And one thing I, I said time and time again, and why 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 Mark was so successful? Not only is he he's a sharp sharp guy, and has proved down south, you know, when, in the college ranks, and even as a coordinator with the Oakland Raiders, yep. uh, back in the early two thousands when they had the most dynamic offense in the CFL. But Mark came in to Montreal asking questions. Now this guy is as as when it comes to football, the, you, there's not many guys you will. You will People all around the you know North America will tell you how sharp Mark Tressman is when it comes to football. Everyone knows this. And what's this guy doing? He's coming right to us and asking us questions. 
what do you think about this? You know, me and, and not, this is not just me. This is all the guys who have been around. But that's why you guys struggled He's, the first couple of years. No, that's, right? why we do, that's why we dominated. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but what I'm saying, James, though, he was, he was yeah. humble enough yes. and, and secure enough in himself to know what he didn't know. Yeah. And he picked the brains of the guys who have been around. And other guys who come in and think they know it all, and there's been lots of those that we don't need, need to name them. They didn't last. They don't, they don't have success. So nope. you have to know what you don't know. And that goes to any aspect of, of, of a job. you got to know what you don't know and try to figure that out and ask the people that do. And that's the only way you get better. And this is where a young guy can come in here and hope, hopefully, you know, like you say, bring some a breath of fresh air into the league. And, and possibly, it doesn't have to be a young guy, just somebody new. Who who is you know has proven to have success other places and maybe they could that could translate into the CFL as long as they're willing to be open minded to what is already going on here and how they can fit in. Yeah, to- no, totally. And so I mean to have to have an innovative mind that maybe steps in and yes, there's inexperience at a lot of levels, but boy, I don't know the 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 logic to that sounds like it makes a lot of sense based on his experience of the Canadian game, his knowledge of the Canadian game, and. You know, he's got person. I mean, what he's got already in the experience in just a few short years, and he's been a leader. I, I, I think I think to be a quarterback at a university level, and, and sure, maybe there's a big difference between playing a 1A program in the U.S. and a CIS program, but at the same time, you're still a leader amongst men, amongst your fellow student-athletes at, it, it at makes university. No, it makes no difference. CIS, yeah. NCAA, NFL – when we're talking about leadership, we're, we're talking about yeah. you have to look at at any level when you walk into the huddle, you walk into the locker room, you either see a guy who who you want to follow, who leads a team or you don't. It doesn't matter what level you're at. I don't think that changes. Yeah. So anyway, that's where things kind of lie right now for yeah. the Argos from, a you know, it's obviously finding a GM search. And then where do you go from a coaching standpoint? I mean. You know, I, I guess if you want to go down the road of, I don't know, you know, the, the term is probably wrong here, but from a recycled goods standpoint, or guys with experience, is Corey Chamber is, is yeah, Corey, Corey has to be Corey has to be near the top, on the of, top that of, list, of all I would these think. lists. He's, I, I he's would a say. winner. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's had it wasn't it was never Corey Chamber is not out of the CFL because he wasn't a good coach. Corey let his Corey let his ego yes get in the way where all the people of Saskatchewan basically. You know, almost almost saying, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what it is. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing it my way. And, and you know, when you, you know, with those people, that didn't go over too well. He basically ran himself out of there. Mm-hmm. And and he's probably learned from that because he's definitely a, a young coach who was, who was really highly looked upon throughout CFL circles. So I think he's got to be, he's got to be top of the list. And on all these lists, Corey Chamberlain's got to be at the top of the Mike list. Mike Benavides? Mike, Mike as well. Mike as well. The thing is with these guys is is that well Mike Mike cannot though because now we're talking about that yeah, thing we just spoke that's right. about the the, yep. the time frame to talk to Mike is over and this is where you know this is where the Argos have themselves in a real pickle and that's why your 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 short list is your short list is now a teeny list because mm-hmm. you've lost all the guys who have CFL experience a lot of them are already working yeah so and that's and that's where and yeah it's 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 complicated that's i mean here we are getting into the the month of romance right it's valentine's coming up in just a couple mm-hmm. weeks time you know we talk about relationships it's complicated for the argos this scenario trying to find a coach now it's complicated so first things first and though and you're two yeah. weeks away yeah, yeah you're two weeks away from yeah. free agency and we'll so you've out. got Assistant General Manager Spencer Zimmerman and Tommy Condell. They've got a lot to try to deal with. Michael Copeland, the President and CEO of the organization, 
you know, there's so many layers and they're so behind the eight ball right now that I think they're hopeful that they can try to get things back on track. But you've also, you've got to figure out, obviously you're committed to Drew Willie. I'm assuming for this particular season, but boy, it's, it's hard to look at the Argos being able to get out. And, and you know what, look, it's not about winning right now for the Argos. It's about getting it right for the long term and really get somebody in place to build long term because to try to get back on track this year to to look at and hey it's you know in the East Division I guess anything can yeah, happen it's it's yes. wide open enough but at the same time it's not about trying to win this year it's about the long term viable future of the Argos being healthy in the Canadian Football League and more specifically in the Toronto market when, right you've got a stadium now yes you've got a stadium now. Now you get the right people in place, and attitude reflects leadership. Make and moves, so. yeah. Make moves, make moves that people are going to look at and, and say, you know what, they got it right. The, the Argos are on, on the going in the right direction, and then win or lose, we see what happens from there. But make moves that people can look at and say, you know what, they're doing it right. They got the right people in place here. Let's move forward. Okay, so speaking of making moves that. I want to mm-hmm. interpret mm-hmm. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Oh-ho. have certainly not let any sort of uh, drama. Hold on, clear dissipate. out, clear out, clear out, clear out, clear out. Yeah. I got a Gary. I got a Gary. You got a over Gary. Here. Clear out, clear Wait, out. Who? Where? What? Wait a minute. Is that? Oh, uh, DC. DC. Oh. Yes. Thank you, Darug Chris Jones. Carter. Doesn't that feel like a? Doesn't that feel like a TV show waiting to happen? Like immediately following Kim's convenience on CBC, Jonesy and Carter. <laughs> Jonesy and DC. Oh, boy. Deron Carter signs with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We talked about so many different scenarios that might work for Deron Carter across the league. We both felt like Saskatchewan wouldn't be a great fit based on the leadership situation with the riders room. And that's we've said that over at various points since Deron was cut by the Montreal Alouettes. I still don't know if it's a perfect fit. There is familiarity with Kevin Glenn and Deron Carter, so there's a comfort level there, whether whether Kevin Glenn's going to be the number one quarterback for that team this year in 2017. But do you like the signing? I love the signing. In Sasky? Of course. I love the signing. I, you know, I have no problem with, if you want to go out and make your team better, you know what, they they know what they're getting. How could you not... How could you not want to go out and sign the most talented wideout, arguably, in the Canadian Football mm-hmm. League? How could you not want to go out and sign him? You know, you know the risks. You've, if you've signed him and, and, and he acts up in the locker room, is a, is a, is a, is a bad guy in the in locker room, or is, you know, is doing things in the field to hurt your football team, you already knew that. That's something you have yeah. to go into it knowing. Now, what I tie, I didn't, I didn't get the details of the contract. Would I tie a ton of money in, guaranteed? No chance. With a salary cap, you cannot afford to tie a bunch of money into a guy that's proven to be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But adding him to your roster just made you a very dangerous football team. If you happen to find someone to throw the ball to him. You're more talented. You're more. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. You're more talented well, from a from a from a weapon standpoint. Hold on, James. Just something. Something just came across my computer here, Uh-oh. James. Yes. No. Chris Jones has. They just announced Chris Jones is also 
He's going to play quarterback for the Riders as well this season. Chris Jones is taking a shot at quarterback as well for the Riders this season. Just breaking oh, news coming across uh, the ticker here. Boy, Darian Durant's going to have all sorts of fodder. First, you can criticize the defense. Now he'll be able to criticize the offense if Jones he can't throw the football, right? <laughs> if, 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 look... Deron, I, I, and I look. I'm a fan of Deron Carter, his ability, and and I like the personality. But I've never had him as a teammate, and we right. know what he's a distraction. I just question, and I'm not in the Saskatchewan room. I'm not in the Riders locker room or the clubhouse, but I can't speak to whether or not there's enough character and veteran leadership within that room right now, going into 2017, that can hold him accountable enough. So things don't go sideways. And that was the one question that we've said for the last few months. And that's where I take issue on the, you know, would there be a a better scenario for him to land? And maybe there just clearly wasn't an interest. And maybe this was the best opportunity. You played with Chris Jones. You had him as your coach. And he's a defensive guy. And as a head coach now... How does that relationship work? Is Jones, because he doesn't necessarily run a tight ship. He lets you be who you are as a player, and he'll respect that unless it goes otherwise. You tell me. I, I don't know if I would describe it as not running a tight ship. He will let you be you as a, as a person, and you're per, he'll let your personality shine. If you're a outgoing, trash-talking, whatever it may be, he'll let you be that. If you're an introverted guy who just likes to get get it done, he'll let you do that. But in regards to running a tight ship, you're darn right he does. And if, if you're stepping out of what he wants you to do, you'll be you'll be out of there. What is, he will now, what does that mean? Less, what does that mean? Uh, you know, meaning if you're a distraction in some off, you're taking, you know, if Deron Carter is taking, there's other guys who will put up like Jim Pop put up with, you know, taking, getting a 15-yard penalty here and there or doing yeah. whatever DC does. He'll get it. You can get away with that some guys. Those same guys might let you get away with that. But they might not let you be as much of a personality in front of the camera or in you know running around the, you know the locker room, whatever it may be. Chris will let you be that guy in the locker room or off camera. But if you get if you get yourself in penalties or, or doing things like that ish, that hurt your football ish. team, get getting yourself an ish and doing those things. Chris, you talk about a he runs a really really tight ship when it comes to that because he's not going to put up with it. He's gonna he'll be quick to snap, and that's why I was seriously doubt. There was a ton of guaranteed money to Durant in regards to what he would get for his for the value of the player he is. His I guarantee you that the amount of money he got up front does not equate to the type of player he he is and his value. Because if you do that, now the Rough Riders you've almost put your hand almost tied your hands together in regards to making moves to cut him or do other things. And look at what happened last season. You know Sean Lemon and and Capacati and all these moves that Chris made, giving guys money and signing guys in the off season that none of them really worked out. And I don't think you can afford to do the same thing with a guy like Duran, who's, like we say, unpredictable. So his money's going to be, I think, you know, he'll get a decent signing bonus, but it won't be huge where you have where you can't cut him. Well, and that's that yeah, makes all, that makes you. a lot of sense. Well, Chris that makes a lot of you. sense. An incentive-based contract for a guy like like DC makes all the sense in the world because when his head's screwed on straight, and you look at his numbers the last couple of seasons, the guy is a balls-out playmaker. Uh-huh. I mean, he makes huge plays, and he's and to your point. He's arguably the best playmaker there is in the Canadian Football League. You know, you look at other receivers that are in the mix or in that discussion. That being said, we would Darius Bowman, we, Manny Arsenault, we'd be Deron remiss Carter. To, we'd be remiss to, to And he didn't announce. have a quarterback necessarily or have an all-star 
caliber quarterback Durant. throwing the ball last right. year. We're talking about Deron Carter, and he didn't. Ha- and he didn't have a plethora of weapons around him as well. He had, you know, a subpar core around him as well, and didn't have great quarterback play or offensive line play. So you put yeah. him in an offense with, you know, with some quarterback with some protection and some weapons around him. And uh, now you're talking about a guy who could who could seriously do some damage, like Chris Jones at quarterback. I mean, you're talking about you talking about uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> with Chris. But you got you got Naaman Roosevelt, uh, Nick Dembski, uh, Holly, Rob Bag. These this is the receiving core in Saskatchewan. That that's a that was one of their strengths with these young some of these young guys too, like the Roosevelt and the Dembski, the Holly. These guys are younger guys. Then you got you know Rob Bag, Mister Consistent, who yeah. seems to get it done every year. You add that with a good offensive line. Now you got you know you got something to talk about here. Well, and and we'll see what ultimately uh, who's under center for the Riders at this point in time. You've got Kevin Glenn. There's familiarity, and there was some there was mixed I think success. I mean, Kevin Glenn had a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde year in Montreal. Obviously, the offense was was a sore spot for the team as a whole. But Jerron Carter, had, Mitchell Gale has also been released from Saskatchewan. Yes, that was right. someone that we talked about as a potential guy there. Who, yeah, who made, a guy who made, showed a guy who did. showed he could play. And, I thought at least at the Canadian Football League level. So and word out, and word out of out of uh, the, the rumblings I'm hearing from from Mitchell Gale, and I've heard this uh, you know before as well. Is Mitchell Gale is Mitchell Gale's biggest problem, and it's not his talent. Mitchell Gale has talent. Um, he sometimes is, uh, is a guy who has a bit of an attitude. He, he doesn't always listen, doesn't always take criticism. Uh, it's not it's not the fact he doesn't have talent, but uh, he seemed to be a little bit of a problem in places. And they brought Mitchell over there because Mitchell was in Scott's system. He was in Scott's system in Toronto, and so he he's somebody who who they needed to help the young guys who could help them implement the system and help the guys. But he just didn't it didn't uh, it didn't work there. And uh, and sometimes if you're you know you can get away with get away with having a little bit of an attitude if you're super 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 talented and maybe we just say that Mitchell Gale's talented which might not be enough to put up with the other stuff that uh, is is been said that it comes comes with Mitchell Gale the Toronto Argonauts have not won a lot of things over the last year but I think it's fair to say that they won the Sean Lemon Mitchell Gale trade (laughs) 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 we'll take the lemon drops over Mitchell Gale considering one's been cut now uh, a couple of other signings uh, around the CFL uh, that have kind of come down over the last few days here as, uh, you know, we inch closer and closer to free agency here in two weeks' time. Uh, Darius Bowman signs a two-year extension with Edmonton. Uh, that obviously, to me, feels like it's a no-brainer because they have to. They've got a major hole to fill with the void of Darrell Walker, who's gone south of the border to the National Football League. Bowman, one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best receivers in the CFL last year, and it's a nice insurance policy for Mike Riley because you know what you're going to get from a Darius Bowman and Mike Riley. Let's say let's let's say this: we just we just named the, the top receivers in the league when talking mm-hmm. about Deron possibly being one of the best. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back. Okay, Deron is the most talented. Yeah, Darius Bowman is the best. Darius Bowman and year in year out puts up the biggest numbers. So if you can't, if you can't, uh, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Darius Bowman puts up the numbers. He's a good locker room guy. He blocks his ass off. He catches everything that comes to him. Well, he catches a lot of stuff that comes to him. He demands a double team nowadays. Anyway, he demands a double team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what one twenty for seventeen hundred yards, uh, nine touchdowns. He's, I mean, Darius nine. Oh, he had the most 100-yard receiving games in the league, nine, and he had to share the ball with a lot of other good receivers, too, and still had 900-plus-yard games. And Darius Bowman, 
is the best receiver in the league. Deserved whatever he got, well-deserved, and uh, a heck of a player, AD. Darius Bowman over Manny Arsenal? Uh, I, I think his catch radius, yeah. I think they possess Ernest Jackson? I think they possess mm. – the, the big thing with – that's tough. That's yeah, tough. I know. I mean, it's, it's even where, tougher do you, where do you spend the money? Because this month, yeah, well, both those you, guys – everybody's going to get paid, right? I'll I tell mean, you what Adarius Bowman does better than both those guys, and yeah. I'll, 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 I'll say this without even hesitating. He's a better route runner than both those guys. Mm-hmm. And not that those guys aren't heck of football players. Those guys are both physically imposing guys, but so, but so is Adarius Bowman. But Adarius Roman has Adarius Bowman has a bigger catch radius than both those guys. Yes, he's long. Yes, and and he runs much better routes than both those guys. So yes, Jack, I will say Adarius Jackson's Bowman. probably the more physical, and and Manny's more the more physical. Where Bowman gives you a little more finesse, but he's got the size that he can still kind of push around. So, uh, you know, if he's got a mismatch in terms of height and all that, you're going to win that jump ball more times than not. Darius, as 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 the kids would say these days, Adarius Bowman will moss you. <laughs> He will moss you. He will moss you. Well, good for Darius. Uh, they've got, a, you know, and I wonder. So they, the Eskimos also signed Vidal Hazelton this offseason as well. And that obviously helps try to fill some sort of need. But you're also going to have a full season with Brandon Zilstra. Yes. Who, man, what a second half of the season he had with Edmonton. Yes. And I'd be curious to see what a full season with Mike Riley, because there seemed to be a real special dynamic with we talked so much about the one-two punch with Bowman and Walker, but Zilstra really came on strong down the stretch. And, the, and some of those late games when it got cold, when you know the double teams really started to show with for Walker and Bowman, and Zilstra was just Mr. Clutch on those short. You need If you needed a first down, you needed an automatic 10 yards, Zilstra seemed to be that guy more times than not. So yeah, were, it might be... They might yeah. be able to replace Walker from within. I don't know if you can fully replace Walker, but they might be able to do this from within based on having a guy like Zilstra. And, we and heard him talk Hazleton about Hazleton can get his head screwed on straight. Yeah, well, that's that's another question. But we did we heard some of the some of the superlatives that Mike Riley used when talking about Zilstra. He he loved him. Said it said that athletically he was one of the one of the best he's seen, and the things he does in practice were freakish. So. They love they love this kid and like you said to watch him for a, for a full season behind that pass pass heavy offense is, is uh, it's gonna be interesting. The Argos uh, re up with Chris Van Zeel uh, for a multi year extension as well. Uh, they looked at that offensive line being a real strength. Uh, and they've gone through a bit of a uh, it's it's a bit of a, an, an interesting time I, I guess for a lack of a, a, more, a sexier word but they cut ties with Josh Burke earlier this offseason. Yeah. Van Zeel's he, he can still play. I think that offensive line for the Argos can still be a strength of the team as a whole, but they get some veteran stability for a team that has gone in some serious flux over the last 12 months. Got to keep that group intact. Got to got to keep that group intact. That was a big. That's a big signing for them to get Van Zio back. He's a he's a good player and and a good vet. You got to keep that group intact. That's one of the strengths of this team. We talk we talk about all yeah. the ne- negatives and the things they need to do. Well, this is one of the strengths. The the national offensive linemen they have on his team are as good as any. So it's good to see them get him resigned, and and so helps Drew Willie. Tyler Holmes right? also is is resigned. So yep. it's uh, they're they're on their way to uh, yeah exactly putting some pieces together for Drew. When we talked to Cavis Reed a couple of weeks ago, you kind of hinted uh, about retooling the offensive line, and it seems like that's underway now in Montreal. They cut offensive lineman uh, Jeff Parrott, another national lineman who 
you know, I think the sense is that he'd like to stay somewhere in the east. We'll see where he ultimately winds up going. It, to me, maybe there's a fit in Hamilton where they have kind of are looking at upgrading their offensive line. Maybe right. there's a fit potentially there. But what are you seeing unfolding with Montreal? Yeah, I mean, what I had talked about before, and I, I think this is what's going to ultimately happen, is that, is like we said, they just started that. Jeff Parrott now uh, being released. I thought what they might do is is possibly Jacob Ruby, Ruby is younger, didn't have success at the other tackle either this season. But what I was hoping they would do, at least try, and it still might, you know, Josh might come back at a smaller, not not Josh, pardon me, Jeff might, Jeff Parrott might come back to Montreal at, at a lower salary. Mm-hmm. And Josh Burke also is a potential guy to yeah. come back. And I, I want to talk about that in a bit later. It's the situation with Josh Burke. But, you know, what you do is I think you take those three guys. Cause they, Philip Blake is a good young player, too. Has He's a Canadian who has some NFL experience. And I think you just make these guys compete for that guard position. If if you're mm-hmm. not if you're no longer athletic enough, when this is probably Jeff's situation, he's very very good for a very long time at the tackle. But if you can no longer you know be are quick enough to move with some of these some of these extremely athletic defensive ends now, you know possibly make that move into guard. Let those guys compete for the guard position and find your three best your three best Canadians at guard and then and then have the two tackles clean. I think they're starting that transition. Now we talked to Kavis about that. He did say it was a possibility, but I want to talk about Josh Burke and just how you're talking about athletes and situations, you see this all the time. And mm-hmm. we talk about a bounce back year. And this goes to any sport. Yep. I would say Josh Burke would be a great pickup for any team right now because you're gonna get him at a at a low cost because he didn't have a great year last year. He's getting older, but you got to remember how many times he's still going to probably command a salary because there's going to be interest on no the, no question, but you know probably you know two thirds of what he got or maybe even half of what he got. So mm-hmm. think of it: how many times have you seen it in different sports all around where where a guy has going into a contract year or or a guy? Let's say this: let's say a guy who signs a big deal has a, has a stinker the next year because he just it's a natural. I've done it myself. It's a natural. What? Yeah, it's natural. I mean, it's natural to kind of to kind of lay off a bit when you get your new contract. You get complacent. You get complacent. Complacency sure. sets in, and it's it's natural. I mean, you don't do it on purpose. But I think that might have happened for Josh, saying, you know what, I just got my big deal. I'm back at home now. He might have got complacent. But that being said, that's why I think he's a steal for anybody because mm. he's not that far removed from being one of the best Canadian linemen in the league and playing the tackle position. Now you get him for a cheaper price, and the guy who says, you know what, I better bust my ass this year, this offseason, get in great shape and come back and have what you call a bounce back year so I can get that salary that I used to get. I expect Josh Burke to come back and have a good season, and any team that gets him I think will be lucky because he'll be playing for less and he'd be extremely motivated. He'd be motivated totally. to see if get back totally. to get back to being, uh, yeah, get back to his groove. That, there's there's a lot of logic to it. Makes a lot of sense. So there you go. Now you basically just tipped off all the personnel executives across the league, and you've created a bidding war for Josh Burke. So Josh, gotcha, I think Josh. Davis gotcha. commands at least five percent of that signing if you have a decent year. Okay. Um, hey, look, before we close things out, uh, a couple of shout outs. Uh, you want to recognize the uh, commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Jeffrey Orr who I think not only can we consider him, he's obviously a boss because he's the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, and we do this in conjunction with the Canadian Football League, but uh, February is Black History Month, and uh, Commissioner Orridge, who is the first black commissioner of the CFL, has been chosen to receive the African-Canadian Achievement Award for Excellence in Sports for his trailblazing accomplishments. uh, They've announced that uh, Orridge will be one of 15 high-profile black Canadians who will be celebrated as contemporary black history makers 
at the African Canadian Achievement Awards coming up later yes. this month. Yes. So a tip of the cap to Definitely. Commissioner Jeffrey Orridge on, uh, on his achievement. So congratulations there. Hey, also, a shout out uh, from a social media standpoint. I want to give some love uh, to the Twitter account, CFL underscore news. All right. If you if you work in the CFL, if you cover the CFL, or if you're a fan of the CFL, if you're probably following this Twitter site already, and if you're not, you got to get on it at CFL underscore news. Uh, it's not an official website or, or anything like that. But what they do is they basically go and round up all the news job. and information yeah. and rumors and podcasts and stories of the day. And they basically put them out in a nice, easy-to-find yes, forum on their Twitter account. So who's ever running that account, I have no idea who is. But yeah, thank you. Think, nice yeah, job. They do a great job. They do a great job. Make, not, no, not officially a CFL uh, account, but they. when you talk about uh, in regards to with being tied to the league, but when yeah. you talk about information, they do a heck of a job yeah. gathering gathering this stuff. Uh, and they gather so stuff kudos, from the kudos, league. Kudos. But they oh, gather awesome. stuff, you know, they all over independent sites, yeah. uh, you know, major mainstream news sites, whether it's whether it's TSN, whether it's Three Down Nation, whether it's the Canadian Football League and, and, and so many other sites. But they dig up the news, the information. They're following the movers and shakers. Uh, they don't seem to let anything uh, get past them too often. So, uh, shout out to those guys. Nice job, and uh, you know what? Thanks for making our lives easy. And, and, to, and talking about talking about, I just uh, was trying to figure out some of this stuff before we move on with mm. the with the with the Deron Carter situation in Saskatchewan and his contract situation. Uh, there might be it might be a all all the incentive contract and, and without without a signing bonus that's uh that's something that uh something that I'm, I'm i'm hearing here that this contract may be a contract that is is saying is saying we'll pay you handsomely if you perform and your base salary will will be a nice base salary and your performance bonuses will be hefty if you perform and i prove I, it I, I thought that i thought that already getting word that that might be uh uh, that might be uh, the word out of out of there is that that's what it's looking like the contract that's going to be registered for Duran will be incentive laid and I think that's a great job and I think it's I think it's fair I think it's fair because if he does go and he's a model citizen and he tears up this league like Duran Carter can then pay the man what he deserves if he comes in and he's a jackass get him out of here with the with the 500 bucks a week you get during training camp and go crazy there you go you done son so prove it uh hey look it's super bowl sunday this coming weekend uh why don't we uh we're just kind of calling an audible i'm just going to throw this out here right now patriots falcons who you got i like the falcons i like the falcons uh Ooh, yeah i think strike I me think, as a dirty bird kind you know of guy. what you know what like that like i think it was uh, i think it was either peter king or chris mortensen said uh 50, actually, you know who it was? It was Trent Dilfer said it. And he said, uh, he said 50, 53 is better than one. And they said that on the broadcast last week. And I think that was a great, uh, a great way to put it. They, they are, they are a team. back from top to bottom. Tom Brady is, is the best of all time. He's the GOAT. But 53 beats one any day. I like the Falcons. And that being said, it also be cool to see Tom you know, go down in history and, and be able to watch this, watch greatness. So I enjoy, I'll enjoy watching the game either way, but I like the Falcons. Wow. I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I like the Patriots and this goes back to one of the old Sabalski isms here on the show. It's the devil, you yeah. know, the uh, Tom Brady, but I look at, you know, Bill Belichick with what he's done with that roster. This isn't the, this isn't the greatest Patriots team by any stretch and they're doing it without Rob Gronkowski. But it's a solid defense, and, and, and it's and solid Aaron offense. 
and yeah, they're, they're without Aaron Hernandez yes, yeah. forever. And <laughs> how they how they continue to do it defies logic. But Brady, eleven and one this year as a starter, it's they're just so good time and time again. I think they've obviously benefited over a number of years to through playing in a in a softer division than than most with, teams with softer but, footballs and yeah, yes yeah, and, and deflated yeah. balls and getting away with a lot but I like I like I like the Patriots I will say this about the Falcons they have already proven me wrong throughout this postseason for what they've done to dismantle a really good Seattle team and to go out and beat the crap out of the Packers like they did in the uh, NFC championship the Falcons are not who I thought they were put a stack on it Sabalski. so put a stack on it I'll go with the Pats. Put a stack on it. Put a stack on it? I got no money. On that note, <laughs> on that note, time to get back to work. Yes, it is. He's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. If you aren't subscribing to The Waggle already, give it some love on iTunes. Give it a click. Give it a five-star review, and we will talk to you all next week. Enjoy the big game, everybody.